Mediated Conversation on SAFM. Good morning. The Democratic Alliance in the Western Cape Legislature says it wants to introduce a bill that would see the province of the Western Cape assuming more powers from national government than it has at the moment. The party says this bill would allow the Western Cape to assume control of policing, public transport, energy, trade and harbours. At the moment, national government has those powers. Most while functions such as health and education are run generally by the provinces. The Western Cape is the only province in the country that actually has its own constitution. As I understand the history of it, it was passed by the legislature in the province at that time, back in 1997, was certified by the Constitutional Court, and then signed into law by the Premier there then, who I think was Hernes Krill. But that constitution is still subject to the national constitution, and in the end, any change, I, su- I would say, would require a change to our national constitution, which would probably mean that at least two-thirds of the National Assembly would have to agree to a change. So then, what does the Democratic Alliance want to do and why? And what this, would this do to the country? Could it lead to other provinces? I don't know, maybe KwaZulu-Natal getting the same idea. First this morning, the chair of the Federal Council of the Democratic Alliance, Helen Ziller. Then from the ANC, their caucus leader in the Western Cape, Cameron Dugmore. And finally, what impact would this have on governance? The electorate in governance and Wits and, politi- at Wits and political analyst, Sandile Swana. We start then with Helen Ziller. Helen, good morning. Good morning, Stephen. What is it that you want to change? We want to change the devolution of functions and powers to the Western Cape that are currently held and not being performed by the national government. Now, let me just correct you on one thing. Our Provincial Powers Bill that has been tabled in the Provincial Legislature is entirely compatible with the current constitutional order. The national constitution won't have to be changed at all because the devolution of powers to provinces is foreseen and provided for in our current constitution. First of all, there are schedules four and five powers that we are not using to the greatest extent possible in the provinces, and we seek to use those very fully. And then there are areas where the national government has proved itself incapable or unwilling to deliver to the Western Cape and, of course, to other provinces as well. And the Constitution also has a remedy for that. First of all, under national legislation, Parliament currently has the power to assign additional powers to a province. And furthermore, in Section 238 of the Constitution, the executive has the power to delegate powers to the provinces. Now, we are saying that those powers must be used because people are entitled to their constitutional rights wherever they live. And if the national government is unable or unwilling or both to deliver those constitutional rights and services, then the duty falls on provinces and local authorities to do that. And that is entirely envisaged under our constitution. And that is why we have first identified some key areas, as you mentioned, policing, public transport, energy, trade, harbours, as crucial issues for the functioning of the economy in the province, but not only the Western Cape. You're quite right. KwaZulu-Natal could do exactly the same thing. The DA strongly believes in federalism and the devolution of power. We want more federal autonomy for provinces, especially where the national government has proved incapable of delivering and where people vote for a party that is capable of delivering, they do have the right to get those services, and the current constitution makes provision for that. Okay. If 
the national government through, I don't know, a political change or the a- or a change in the ANC or whatever. But if services suddenly improved, would you still want to go ahead with this process? Yes, we would, because we believe in federalism and we believe in devolution. And we believe that if people vote for a specific party in a local context, they're entitled to get the services that that local context is empowered to provide under the Constitution. So we believe in federal devolution. But if you think the ANC is going to improve in its delivery anytime soon, well, you know, pigs can fly. Okay, we'll let them answer that for themselves in just a moment. Um, Sure. The issue around federalism, are there limits to your belief? I mean, and you'll know the claim that your critics will make, that the DA wants the Western Cape to be different to the rest of South Africa or not part of the rest of South Africa. So are there limits to how far you would go? Yes, absolutely. We're not a secessionist movement. We don't believe that the Western Cape should secede from the rest of South Africa. Federalism is entirely compatible with our current constitution, and we should believe that there should be far more devolution of powers to any province that has the greater capacity to deliver than a failed and corrupt national state. So if local people decide, look, we've had enough of this uh, state failure and corruption, and we want to vote for another party that is able to deliver, let's say, for example, a coalition between the IFP and the DA in KwaZulu-Natal, obviously we need to devolve powers. It's entirely compatible with being one country and having the devolution of power. That is what federalism is. Are you looking at any kind of referendum about this? So I suppose that the philosophical question would be, if a province wants more power or more powers over certain areas, should the residents of that province be asked or consulted about whether they want the province to take over those services or whether they still want to receive them from the national government? Should there be an element of consultation through a referendum or for you would it just be the result of an election campaign and through the legislature? Well, the bottom line is that all of these things are entirely achievable within the current legal and constitutional dispensation. So there's no need to go back to the people and ask for an entirely new mandate on something that is completely achievable in the current legal framework. Every time the government takes a decision within the current legal framework, we don't go back and ask the population if they agree with a specific aspect or not. But in any event, there's no current national legislation that enables provincial referendums. That is why the DA is leading the charge in the National Assembly to move and to pass such legislation that will enable provincial referenda. I can see it goes both ways. I mean, and and, and who knows what could happen in the future. But for example, you might say uh, now that you want you want more powers for, for a particular province um, and that it's that that you can do it in this particular system. It could, of course, if the if, if a national government were to refuse to allow it to happen by going through the National Assembly or blocking it in the national parliament. Well, then, if there was a provincial referendum, it would make it much harder for them to do that if the referendum was overwhelmingly in favor. So. I mean, it's hard to predict what could happen, but lots of things could happen here. Well, yes, we could also go to court and it would be very easy to go to court and say, look, we are supposed to reticulate energy at local level. That is a local government competence, but the national government can't generate the energy. So we want that power devolved under Section 238. And I think a court would be hard pressed to prevent a capable province or a capable city from delivering electricity to its residents because of a failed national state. 
It seems to me unlikely that national government would, would let you do this. I think there'll be a huge fight about it, um, unless there's a, a big political change in some form. Do you think it will ever happen that you'll get the powers that you're asking for? Yes, I certainly do think. Because when a national state fails, and we are living with a failed and criminal state in South Africa at national level in any event, there is no way that that failure can permanently deprive residents who vote differently from being governed by capable people who are able to deliver those powers and those rights and those services. So it's really very important to get this, that the government has constitutional obligations that they are failing to provide. Under Schedules 4 and 5, a lot of that should and could be delegated. We're not using half the powers that we actually have. And furthermore, 238 enables them to delegate many more powers if they're not able to fulfill them. And we would demand that those be delegated. And then I would like to hear the national government's argument as to why they are failing to deliver those services, but refusing anybody else to deliver those services. That is a case they would have to make in court. Helen Zilla, thank you. Chair of the DA's Federal Council, starting off your mediated conversation on SAFM this morning. Uh, 17 minutes now to nine the time. Cameron Dugmore is the leader of the of the caucus of the ANC in the Western Cape Legislature. Cameron, good morning. Hi, good morning, Stephen, and to your listeners. You oppose this move. Why? Stephen, it's clear that in terms of the current South African constitution, everything that the DA wants to do, um, one can actually take a section of the national constitution um, and utilize that section. So the constitution itself provides for, for instance, in 104.5, that the legislature right now has the power to recommend um, any power outside of the authority of that legislature. So all of what the DA wants to do in this bill um, is already in the Constitution. And I think that what we have here, Stephen, is essentially a political um, strategy where the DA wants to prove that it is more so-called federalist than the Freedom Front Plus, than the Cape Exit, etc. So this is actually an electioneering exercise, whereas everything um, is possible um, in terms of the national constitution. So the bill itself, and I'm not sure if you've had a look at it, all it really does is create a committee of the legislature to make recommendations. Um, and that could be done without going through the laborious process of a bill, public hearings, etc., etc. So they're doing this just before the election because they have a competition. They're very worried about the amount of support they're losing to the Freedom Front Plus in our province and elsewhere. And that's why they're introducing... Um, this particular bill. In fact, um, Helen Ziller completely ignores Chapter 3 of the Constitution. Okay. So, so talk, I, yeah. I, I hear yeah. you on all of that, and I'm sorry to interrupt you. I still would like uh -huh. to know why it would be wrong for a province to take more powers from the national government. I presume you oppose that, and I'm trying to hear that case. No, well, the, that's why there is actually a provision in 1045 where a province can basically propose already, and then that would need to be considered. If you take something, Stephen, like the Metropolitan Transport Authority, which I know Gauteng is, is also proposing, where you get the three spheres of government working together, you set up a Metropolitan Transport Authority to deal with taxis, buses, um, rail via, and so on. That is possible within the cooperative governance framework. You would notice that Helen Ziller 
doesn't mention cooperative governance. And that's the very basis of our constitution. We're not a federal country. We united South Africa with provinces and with local government, which have particular powers. But the constitution also provides a current mechanism. So the issue is, for instance, setting up a metropolitan transport authority with the city of Cape Town, with the province and with Metro Rail nationally. That's entirely possible. Um, so I think what we have here is really a Don Quixote kind of, you know, fighting a windmill to try and win political support. So I think it's unnecessary. It's, it's, it's a waste of time. And we believe that a lot of sacrifices were made to build our current constitution. And in fact, in many areas, Stephen, the, the DA in our province are constitutional delinquents. They have a provincial constitution which provides for a, a an environmental commission of the Western Cape, which says there shall be. They haven't appointed that. That's a power that they have. Okay. In all right. All right. I, I, I realize that, that Helen Zilla indulged in some politicking, and I've let you do the same, but I okay. do need to no, stick to the right. point, okay? Yes. This is a philosophical question. If the national government cannot provide proper services in policing, for example, or if the national government refuses to provide them, shouldn't the people who are currently in power in a province, don't they have a moral obligation to try and provide them? Stephen, the first step in regard to to that is actually looking at the cooperative governance frameworks, intergovernmental disputes. And the reality is the South African National Police Service is not refusing to provide um, a service to the Western Cape. What in fact is happening, and I want to avoid the politicking, but to answer your question, so there is a provision for that, um, that you can petition um, and, and push legislation in terms of 1045. That already exists. The point is we are not a federal country. We are a united South Africa, democratic South Africa, with powers that are contained in schedules four and five, which outline if anyone wants additional powers, there is a mechanism in the constitution to do that. And if an argument can be made, but the very preamble to this bill of the, it says the unwillingness and failure of the national government to provide services, which is which is political. It's, it's it's essentially preparing for the campaign. So I don't think, I think the, the DA has realized they're never going to govern the country, that um, what they've got to hold on to in the Western Cape, and they're trying to appease the Cape Exiteers, the Freedom Front Plus, to be more okay. federalist than they are. That's what this is really about. South Africa is a democracy, right? And a government is supposed to respect the will of the people. If there were a provincial uh, referendum, I realize that there isn't a law or provision for that at the moment. But if that changes, it could happen in the Western Cape, could happen in KwaZulu-Natal. And one province had an overwhelming majority in favor of the province having more powers than it does now, taking powers effectively from national government. Even if the rest of the country disagreed, could those people be ignored? I don't think anyone in terms of our, of our democracy should be ignored. What we've, for instance, said on public platforms to Cape Exit, go to the election, go to the electorate in 2024, say this is what you are proposing, and the DA will say what they are, and we will, um, as the ANC, for instance, talk about what we will do about the fact that only 3% of agricultural land in our province is owned by black South Africans. Go and say this is what you want and test the electorate. We have elections every five years. There is obviously the provisions around referenda, and there's a discussion happening about that at the moment. But for now, go to the electorate and put those ideas forward. There's so many things here, but isn't it also true that one of the main reasons that gives this energy is the failure of certain services by national government? Rising crime rates and the failure of the police, for example. I don't think I think this conversation would have a very different yeah. texture if there wasn't such a failure at national government. Do you concede that point? 
I, I think the ANC um, national government has, on a number of occasions, acknowledged um, weaknesses in terms of service delivery. Clearly, the power issue at the moment, <clears throat> although there is some improvement, is a crisis to this country, the people, the economy, and steps are being made. So, sure, that provides a context to this. But I think the reality, Stephen, that what is, and it's, a, and it's an important discussion to have, which local governments, um, for, for instance, already, um, the powers of human settlements can be assigned to a local government to do the human settlements function that is currently in the constitution. Um, so, yes, obviously, that's a context to this discussion, and those issues must be taken seriously. But in essence, what we have here is a situation where we don't need a bill like this. People must put their ideas forward to the electorate. Um, and we believe that this is essentially about politics. But clearly, it's an important discussion where there are failures. But when you start off a preamble to a bill and you say there's no willingness and there's a complete failure, we are not a failed state. I would challenge Helen Ziller um, in, to any debate about whether, you know, South Africa is a failed state. We are not. We've got serious issues with crime, with poverty, um, and also with energy. That doesn't make us a failed state. The fact that our state is beginning to deal with the energy issue in the way that it is because of a legacy of capture and corruption which happened in the, in this, in the state entity um, is an indication of, of a government listening and, and doing uh, what needs to be done. Cameron Dagmore, thank you. Leader, Chair of the ANC Caucus in the Western Cape Legislature. In a moment, Sandile Swana on the governance issues of this. Mediated Conversation on SAFM. Six minutes to nine, continue your mediated conversation around plans by the Democratic Alliance to pass this bill that would give the, pro- the province of the Western Cape more powers over certain services. Sandile Swana is a governance and political analyst. Sandile, good morning. Good morning, Steve. The Western Cape claims it could provide better services if it takes over these sectors, policing as an example. Is there any way to prove it could do that? I mean, I can imagine the argument about this going on forever. Yeah, the there could be ways that it it could it could prove that uh, it can do the service better. I'm sure that there could be a way of doing that. Uh, let me just say that you will probably be aware that in certain municipal sectors, uh, it's not entirely the same thing, but I think it's got relevance. Where people found that, for instance, the sewage. Uh, plant is not working, private citizens went to court that they can do it and get a refund from the municipality. So you can prove that you can do something better than a, a particular state institution and be allowed by a court to to, uh, to intervene. So at, at the theoretical level, they could. Um, if you have government services and you want to improve them, does it help to do it province by province, one province at a time? Is it easier to improve the services in one province than across an entire country? Uh, I suppose the real question is one of scale. Yes, it's called economies of scale, yeah. Um, you know, as you were talking to your guests, I started thinking back in history that there was a lot of bloodletting that led to the formation of the Union of South Africa in 1910. It was a union, not a federation. Mm. Uh, and that has led, for instance, to the unification of South African Railway, unification of ESCOM, the electricity supply, which was uh, disparate and, and disjointed. So it's not as simple and straightforward as Zilla uh, and company make it sound. 
because there are economies of scale, there are certain securities that come from running this thing at scale and standardization across all the provinces and across all municipal areas. Um, If the Western Cape Provincial Government took control of policing in that province, would it have any impact in the rest of the, the country? And this may become a key sort of issue. So, for example, does it does what happens in the Western Cape matter to someone in KwaZulu-Natal? And I can see various arguments here because it may be that a national that a national government would refuse to give more powers to a province. But then the question would be why? And if the Western Cape wants them and people there want them, does it matter what people in KwaZulu-Natal or Gauteng think? Do they get a chance to be heard on this or not? Yeah, I, I think that in very broad terms, a lot of the stuff that is being discussed here is already permitted in our laws. That you don't need to come up with any new law. You, you can actually do this. For instance, we have the How Train in, in Gauteng, you know, which is a provincial transport initiative, uh, a very big one at that. Uh, and, and, and it has been done under existing laws. And one of the things that the DA wants in the Western Cape uniquely is public transport to be under its control. Now, what is unclear is, is uh, why are they not doing what other provinces are already doing uh, within existing laws? Another consideration in this is, um, indeed, our law allows for the provincial government to take over a municipality and put a municipality under administration and national to take a province and put it under administration or even a municipality. Now, what the DA is saying is that the national government is failing to the degree that they want to permanently, because the usual interventions are temporary for a fixed period where you can take over a service and run it a municipality for a period and then hand it back over. What the DA wants is devolution of power permanently uh, because of the current elected government is failing. Uh, I, I don't think that our state has failed uh, at all. What has failed is the ANC and the ANC government. The DA is also putting us in a very difficult position because their own electoral support in the Western Cape is declining. They've already lost 4% in the previous election. Already the uh, Freedom Front Plus and the PA are, are saying there's going to be a, a, a coalition government in the Western Cape itself. And they want to make a permanent arrangement when they are actually losing votes themselves. So this thing is putting everybody in a very difficult position. Sandile Swana, thank you. Governance and political analyst really appreciate the time. My thanks also to Cameron Dugmore, the chair of the ANC caucus in the Western Cape Legislature, and starting us off today, the, Fed, the chair of the DA's Federal Council, Helen Ziller. Very interesting issues. Well, lots of interesting debates and things to chew over uh, today and through the morning, of course, with Kathy. We will see you tomorrow from Zuma Banyana and Do Stunza Myself. Look after yourself. Stay warm. You're with SFM leading the conversation. It's nine o'clock.